Higher Things thanks you for your support. Please continue to support the work we do with youth by going to our website at higherthings.org, clicking on support and donating securely through PayPal. Your gift helps us in our mission to support pastors, youth workers, and parents in daring our church's youth to be Lutheran. Welcome to the Gospel Boldly Podcast, where we confess with St. John that these things are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. We're your hosts. I'm Thomas Limke. And I am Pastor Eric Brown. And, and Thomas, I'm actually glad we have that nice routine intro, because for some reason, as soon as you started going into it, I had this big, massive yawn. And I'm thinking, <laughs> this Sean is going to take too long. It's going to be time for me to talk, and I'm going to be in the middle with my mouth open. Oh, but no, no, no. I, you quote scripture. It gave me time to recuperate. That is a good thing. Excellent. Now, the <laughs> fact that I'm yawning might denote that I'm a little bit tired. My kids woke up early. Hey, Thomas, did your That's kid wake mind. up early? Oh. Sure oh. enough, yeah. Oh, That'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we take uh, no responsibility for any of the uh, sleepy-eyed content. That uh, might get produced today. That's a great way to start. We're not responsible for what we say. That's right. right. Well, we are in the middle of the book of Acts. We're actually in Acts chapter 9. Going to be picking up again at verse 32. Mm -hmm. And last time, if you recall, we had spent uh, a lot of time focusing on Paul and, and what he's up and doing. Well, here we get a, a shift. We're gonna the 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 focus is gonna move away from Paul and back on to to, to Peter, or or actually I'd say not even on to Peter, but maybe it'll follow Peter, but it's not gonna be about Peter. Ha 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 ha. Is, does that does that work for like a, a good <laughs> tease for a, a lead in for what, what we're gonna get to? I I guess I I didn't have all the the easiest time in the world following, but that could be a function of my. Sleep-deprived state. Uh, I, I don't know if the evil laugh was necessary, but... Uh, oh, well. <laughs> well me off. Let, let's go in and uh, start reading at verse 32, if you would. Yeah. Now, as Peter went here and there among them all, he came down also to the saints who arrived at Lydda. There he found a man named Anus, bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Anus, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose. And all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. All right, uh, Thomas. Uh, just very quickly, that name Aeneas, mm-hmm. uh, what type of name is that? Um, hmm. Well, it's, it's a Greek name, if that's what you're asking. I'm trying yeah, to like yeah. translate it in my head. Like, what would this mean? Is it related to the Aenid at all? Or I don't, I don't well, know. Yeah, but. it's related to the Aeneid. Because the, the main character in Aeneid is the is Aeneas. Who, who oh, yeah, the, that's right. So, I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's a, a, a classical name. So, this guy is probably not just a good little happy Jewish boy. He, he's not going to, to Joshua or Caleb. Hey, it's Aeneas. And... 
again, you're so just more seeing Roman, here, I guess. Yeah, you're seeing how it's both Jew and Gentile are receiving the benefits of. Well, wait, who who heals Aeneas? If you remember my convoluted opening, well, um, Jesus Christ through his representative Peter, I guess. I don't remember your convoluted opening. I'm just looking at the text. The narrative is going to shift. We're going to follow Peter around for a bit. But really, the point Peter makes, even starting off, is it's not me, Peter, doing stuff. Jesus Christ heals you. Do, do you see that that wonderful emphasis on look at what God is at work doing? Mm-hmm. The fact that it's now me, Peter, who says this isn't important. It isn't worth a hill of beans because if I wasn't here saying it, guess what would have happened? Jesus would have just sent someone else to say it. Fair enough. What's important is what Jesus is doing, and this is what happens. And and they they see it, and they're turned to God. Um, I I do like something here that comes up too that this isn't just planned. Thomas, are you a political creature? I I mean, <clears throat> I think all human beings are to some extent. So yeah. This is one of the things, and it comes out even more so, especially now that we have all the social media and all this contact back and forth, that we're starting to see just how political we are, where we will say things at a certain way or a certain time to hedge a certain thing. But note how this is set up. This is not Peter being cold and calculating and saying, hmm, you know, we haven't quite done enough to show the Gentiles that they're happy and involved in part of the church. I will go to them. No, it's... He's just going to and fro, and he's he's just going about his business, yeah, his, his walk, and then, oh, this person's in the way, and therefore I will heal you. It's not a calculated act on Peter's part to, uh, to make appearances look better. It's not a good photo op, mm. but rather, <laughs> but rather, oh, well, guess what? This is what the Lord is doing. Um. One of the things that comes up, uh, one of the words I like, uh, often in the New Testament, you hear that walk by the Spirit, or he's prepared good works that we would walk in them. That word for walk there is peripateto, and it kind of means to to amble around, to, to, to just find your, it's not like I am walking to the bus stop and I'm going straight there. I took my kid to mm-hmm. the bus stop this morning. It's more, I'm just kind of strolling. I, I'm going around, just, I, I'm... I'm strolling the mall just to like kind of kill some time and wander the mall. I'm not walking directly to Dillard's. We don't have Dillard's up here, but I know you have a Dillard's down in Norman at the, well, now it's just the Sooner Mall. But when I was there, it was the Sooner Fashion Mall. <laughs> I missed the fashion part. Again, that was a political act. Why? Do, oh, that fashion part sounds hokey. We'll take it off and that way it won't be as hokey. Oh, it's all politics. Peter's not engaging in politics here. This is rather the Lord uses him to serve these people. And they're healed. All right? So be it. Cool. Any other okay. thoughts there on that little bit? Mm, no, I don't think so. I, I love how it's just that, okay, let's go shift back to Peter. And look, oh, yeah, here's just an example of Peter's stuff. Oh, oh yeah, Aeneas walked. And this is one where, why is this story included? If you think about it, um, is it is it likely or possible that in the town of Lydda and Sharon or Sharon that Aeneas might still be alive when this book is written. 
Uh, yeah, that's plausible. I mean, so this is just one word like, oh, yeah, and you guys remember uh, Aeneas who talked about how he had been, how he'd been paralyzed for eight years? Oh, yeah, this is when that happened. So some of this is also just giving context for the people who are alive at the time. And and as we're not the folks who were alive at the time, we we can miss some of that. So, Mm -hmm. all right. Right, too. Well, then let's carry on. Okay. Now, there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days she became ill and died, and when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, Please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and... I'll stop there for the... Oh, here. Uh, Peter rose and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the windows, uh, the widows stood beside them, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. So she was one of the quilting ladies. What? Yeah. Well, okay. This is one of the things that think about your own little Lutheran church. If if they're a quilting circle, mm-hmm. often they're going to be named after one or two different groups. They might be the Martha circle. That's what we have here. Because what was right. Martha? She's the, the happy worker. And then you have Dorcas. There are often you'll find Dorcas groups. Um, and yeah, they're, they're, she was a good gal. She she was useful to the community. She did all this stuff. And then she basically gets sick and dies. And the community is upset and they go get Peter. And then he comes on up. And, and I like the fact that, that, that when he shows up, they're all like, look, look, look at what she made. <laughs> so it, it, it's... It's a very real thing. It, it's just, look, we're, we're, ah. so you, you get my, my grief sounded more exasperated there than griefy, but there, there's, there's a genuineness to the grief that they're showing. So, right. So Peter says, oh, okay. And he says, all right, well go kick on outside. All right, go okay. keep reading. <laughs> but Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed and turning to the body. He said, Tabitha arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up, and he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days, with one Simon, a tanner. Ah, now, Tabitha Anastasi, Tabitha be raised, be raised. Stand up and defied to you. What do you have Peter doing? Just, well, okay. Even as I just said that, what do you have Peter doing? Well, no, this is not Peter actively being the one who's making Tabitha raised from the dead. Who's rising or raising? Man, I'm having fun with verbs today. (laughs) Who is raising Tabitha from the dead? Who is doing this? I assume he's appealing to uh, what I'd consider to be the antecedent in a certain case, Jesus Christ in this case, right? Right. I mean, this is the whole point. And and remember, even though the book is called The Acts of the Apostles, the point is this is what God is doing through the apostles. The apostles are the the mask that God wears or the tools that he uses to accomplish these things. But really, this is about look at what the word of God is doing and accomplishing. And, okay, I'm just going to just think about this for a bit because we're we're at a, a chapter end. 
Does any of this sound similar to what happened in the Gospels? Can you think yeah. of ti- can you think of times where paralyzed people were healed? Yeah, there were paralyzed people, like the guy by the by the um, the what? It's not a well exactly, but that pool. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there was a, a you know little girl arise. We had the you know, oh, okay. And almost- do you know what's really fun about that? The, uh, no. the 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 phrase "little girl" in Aramaic is Talitha Kumi, mm-hmm. which sounds an awful lot like Tabitha. It's just it, it's really yeah, fun parallels. Now, why why are there those parallels there? Because the point is, the New Testament church is not a church absent of Jesus. Jesus came establishing the kingdom of God, and guess what? Still here, the kingdom of God, and we're just waiting for the fullness of it. So it's not that that when Jesus ascends, suddenly God is absent. It's not that Jesus is stuck up in heaven. No, he, he is here. However, the typical way he is here is not by, oh, well, I know, I'll just go walk and I'll start healing the paralyzed guys. No, that, that's not what I'm given to do. I, I, I'm sorry, Thomas. I, I can't look at you over Skype and say, Thomas, remove your glasses. Well, I could, I could say <laughs> that and you, you, you do that, but then you just won't be able to see it. That, that, that's not what I've been given to do. Because frankly, that, oh, yeah, that'd be like a great radio scab. Ah, oh, we were on the podcast and Pastor Brown healed my eyes. <laughs> Donate to the Gospel Boldly Podcast. Well, yeah, yeah. So, but the point is, look, you have the activity of Christ Jesus, the Lord of the church, still established in the church, and it's going on even now. Both to, to Jewish people, to Gentiles, to everyone, the word of God is going forth. It is living and active, and people are believing. Mm-hmm. So, and people are probably going to want to break. So we'll go to break That's and then fair. we'll then we'll come on back and, and look at some backwards life on the other side. Have a good All one. Right. And welcome back to the Gospel Boldly Podcast, a podcast of higher things. Um and we are to the part of the show where where we like to uh, go over things from a different angle. We call it the backwards life, where Thomas will bring up some topic and we will get at it from a different angle. And so, uh, Thomas, what what do you have for us today? So I'd just like to see or hear, I guess. You mentioned this is an audio medium, so I guess I'll stick with that terminology. Your take on politics, specifically as it pertains to uh, the work and or school place. I think our, our listeners are probably in one and or both of those environments on a pretty regular basis. And as we saw recently with the the Google employee who was fired for certain non-PC views, um, you can get into, into a little bit of trouble at times, depending. And um, I think there's, well, <laughs> before I just stammer on i'll just i'll throw it to you just maybe comment on that and, and save me the trouble of thinking through it more fervently all right all right here's the the ironic funny thing i thought of as you you were asking the question you asked me for my take mm-hmm. and so often when politics comes up whether it's uh discussing national politics and getting fired for it or not getting fired for it if you say the th- 
the, the politically correct things or what have you, or whether it's just internal politics within an organization or what happens, everything revolves around my take. Here's mm-hmm. my two cents, and I'm going to speak, and I'm going to speak and expect other people to like what I say, and I'm going to I'm going to jockey in position to make sure other people who don't like what I say don't have as much power and influence. Everything revolves around my take. There are some times when focusing on my take is good. Hey, Thomas, in this segment of the show, do I get to focus on my take a bit? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, are there times when I, as Eric Brown pastor, have no business sharing my take? And I had air quotes up as I said that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when I preach a sermon, is it supposed to be my take? No. No, it's supposed to be this is the word of God. If I am teaching, is it supposed to be my take? Uh, uh, not per se. I guess it maybe depends on what you're teaching. The Right. Uh, if I'm teaching math, is it supposed to be my take? <laughs> no. Uh, if I'm... Well, and th- this is one of the things we we we've become so focused on commentary or our spin that we want to apply and the spin that makes me comfortable, the spin that validates me, the spin that tells me that, yes, I am the good hero of the story. You see, and 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 of course, you know, I, I'm the I'm the brave person speaking for the the truth. Ah, ha, ha. I've got air quotes <laughs> up again. And. And everyone who's against me is evil and they're opposing me and they're terrible oppressors. And Well, sometimes, you know, you don't need to talk about everything. I don't need to comment on everything. Okay. You, you blog, right? You, you have mean, blog. Historically. Right, right. Historically. <laughs> I would not use the present tense. All right. One, one of the, the wisest pieces of advice that I've ever heard for anyone who writes online is don't read the comments. Mm-hmm. Because what are the comments full of? Not not actual discussion most of the time. Not not let's get to the the heart of the matter, the truth of the matter. But it becomes a bunch of here's my take on it. Da, 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 da. And it's everyone trying to exert their own ego. Mm-hmm. And this becomes the the thing that happens. This is why politics in any shape or form tends to go bad. Because instead of being a matter of how will I, in my position, serve my neighbors? How will I serve those who are above me? And how will I serve those who are below me? How will I serve those I'm responsible to and those who, for whom I am responsible? It becomes a matter of look at me and what I think. Instead of being focused on the neighbor, it becomes focused on me and my opinion. What I think, what I feel. And that's fundamentally self-centered. Uh, Thomas, are we called to be self-centered? No. No, we're, we're called to show love to our neighbor. Uh, hey, Thomas, if you're getting into a political debate and you get agitated, mm-hmm. yeah, I just made a new word, and, and you get all impassioned, are you, are you more worrying about your neighbor or are you worrying about, hey, this guy's not liking my opinion. He's a jerk. The right? latter, for sure. And so, so a lot of times, what's what's really going wrong with 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 political discourse? What comes into play is that people are letting their egos run wild, where the the important thing becomes my take rather than the truth. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, the great example of this is the crucifixion of Jesus. What, what does Pilate say? Eh, what is truth? He, he's not worried about the truth. It's how is this, what's the take? How, how is this going to be spun out if I let you go or if I crucify you? What's mm-hmm. the spin? What's the damage control? And so to a certain extent, while, while we can't be naive about politics, we, we need to remember that we probably should focus more on what's the actual job of the vocation. What, what's the actual goal? If I am in this place, is it my job to make my political opinions known and increase my power? Or is it my job to do my job that God has given me to do? So... The latter one would hope, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I probably shouldn't use this as a, a platform to try and like convince everyone to to nominate Eric Brown for a synodical president. Oh, that'd be a terrible <laughs> job. I, I pray for President Harrison. I pray for whoever's in that office because it's a thankless job. Do you know why? He's surrounded by folks who want to do politics. Oh, mm, oh, mm, mm, I get mm. enough politics in the church or in the district. Oh, oh. Well, and, and it's funny because most of the time when we fight for politics, we're fighting for ourselves or, or for some stupid thing of ours. And it's stupid. And we waste so much energy on things that don't really matter. Some follow a Cephas, some follow Paul, some follow Apollos. It doesn't matter. Foolish Corinthians. Urgh. All right. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, so any other thoughts or follow ups on that or? I, none probably that wouldn't take us down a an untrod road that right. that might take us further from the text. So okay, eh. I, I'll, I'll put it this way very quickly to sum up. You ask me for my take. My take is to remember this truth. Ninety eight percent of the time, my take doesn't matter, and it's not appropriate to bring up. Sounds good. How's that work for my take? I'm into it. All right. Okay. Well, well then, le- let's not ponder our take anymore, and rather let's see what the the word of the Lord says. Woohoo! All and right. we're we're gonna start chapter ten. Man, we are blazing. booking through. Yeah. All right. So Very chapter good. ten. All right. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort, a devout man who feared God with all his household, gave alms generously to the people and prayed continually to God. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius. All right, hold on, just just pause for a second. Uh, Thomas, if I generally say centurion, do mm-hmm. you think, how does it put this, a devout man who fears God? Is that normally what we'd expect to think of with centurion? No. It is not. No. Uh, if I say centurion, what do you generally want to think of? I mean, he, there may be another god he fears or, or a multitude of them um, because I think of him as a polytheistic Greek-Roman soldier who fights the battles of the empire and keeps those Jews in line or whoever else. It's one of the things that is interesting. You actually do end up getting a lot of the... Uh, a lot of Christian converts within the the realm of soldiering. And that was one of the things that was interesting. You you even saw this when John the Baptist was preaching. Well, well you had the soldiers go, what, what about us? Well, just do your job faithfully and don't be cruel to people. Don't, don't, don't exhort money from people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so 
again, you we're, we're seeing through this book of Acts almost all segments of of the ancient Roman world being addressed. It's almost as though you have have typical stand-ins for all these various different things. And uh, and nope, there it is. So all right, so now we even have a centurion, a, a Roman lapdog, a, a tool of oppression, man. Oh, <laughs> oh, people would be. Tr- People would be triggered over this, all right? But oh, yeah, no, for sure. No, they're, 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 and then the angel shows up to him in a vision, and what happens? Uh, let's see here. And he stared at him in terror and said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa to bring one Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. All right, just pause for a second. This is not super profound, but think about how confusing the ancient world would be. All right, go get Simon, who's called Peter, but he's with Simon, who's the tanner. And this is why we ended up adding on family names. In fact, Mm -hmm. that's why there are some people who are called Tanner, because instead of just being called, oh, that's Bob the Tanner, we'll just call him Bob Tanner, and that'll be easier and we'll be done with it. The names are so confusing, but you have this this thing here where you know what, uh, Cornelius, God, God's aware of you, and, and guess what, you need to go get so and so. But you, I do like that beautiful fact. Uh, you have the story of Cornelius, the brave, the brave centurion, and when the vision shows up, what's his response? Help me! Terror! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so again, it's it's showing that that spread of the gospel, but also not in a a stereotypical way, uh-huh. in an honest way. Again, this is one of the things. Wouldn't it be awesome, Thomas? Wouldn't it be awesome to have a vision of God or or have an angel of the Lord appear to you? No, no, yeah, it would good. freak me the tar out. It probably would be for my good, but it would freak me out. Ah, okay, all right. So, go down to. Simon the Tanner and get Simon the Rock and all right, there we go. So, carry on. Okay. When the aged, uh, when the angel who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him. And having related everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. So what does he do? He gets his servants. Now, uh, Thomas, would those servants be believers? Um. The servants of Cornelius? Yeah. I don't necessarily think so. I mean, yes, because the note that we have is uh, he was a devout man who feared God with all his household. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. And the servants would be in the household. And That's then who point. else did he get? He had two servants and then one of the soldiers who was a devout. devout. As well. Yeah. So basically, he gets the two of the guys in his house and then a. a Christian fellow, another fellow believing soldier, and he sends them on off to go down to Joppa. All right? So, All right. in that place, there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Oh, my gosh. All right. <clears throat> okay. Well, do we want to keep going? We've got a minute and a half here. I could probably read some more. Yeah, just start a little bit more and we'll pick it up. Okay. The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city... Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. And he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending 
being let down by its four corners upon the earth. All right. We'll pause just to get this started. So about the sixth hour of the day, in, in parlance, what is that? That's noontime. Right. And he's going to go pray, and he's hungry. This is, this is a good note. Why? Because it's noontime, man. It's time to eat. All right. I will have my, my noontime prayers, and when I'm done, I'll be able to go make myself a nice sandwich, a good Jewish sandwich, food fit for a nice Jewish boy. So is my plan, says Peter. We'll find out what God's plans are after the break when we get on back. And we're back to lunchtime with the Gospel Boldly podcast. Well, okay, it's lunchtime if if you're Peter. So he's praying and suddenly there's the vision and he looks and he sees the giant sheet coming down from heaven. And what happens, Thomas? In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time, What God has made clean do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Okay, this this is actually really funny. So Peter's praying, and he has a vision. All right, this is Peter, all right? Oh, man, he's been healing people. He's raised a dead girl. Okay, he has. The Lord has. All right, Peter. Look, there's all the various types of animals. You're hungry. I want you to kill and eat. And what's Peter's response? Pass. (laughs) Well, Uh, technically, uh, they're unclean animals. Why why would I do that? Uh, Are are you smoking crack, Lord? It seems what a bit at odds with my heritage here. Is Peter still the same old pin, uh, Peter that we we have gotten to know from the Gospels? Yeah, he sometimes still talks can back. be. <laughs> he's still talking back and stubborn on occasion. Uh, wait, what? What you talking about, Jesus? <laughs> you, I I don't dine on the swine, Jesus. And. And then it comes again. What if God has cleansed it? Why do you don't call it common? Mm-hmm. No, you're making the distinction that you don't need to make anymore because the Messiah has come. That's the second time. And then you get this beautiful little note. This happened three times. Uh, if it has to happen a three to a third time, Thomas, what does that mean? Peter's response to the second time was. Probably very similar, maybe more sputtering and in, in general. <laughs> but, 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 but then it was finally a third time. All right. And then it was taken up inward. So, so basically, well, okay. Just remember one of the other things. Mm. Under the old Jewish law, man, a thing was to be confirmed by two or three witnesses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So, oh, wait, how many witnesses and, and test uh, folks are coming from Cornelius? Two and a third. Ha ha. Yay, so two or three. And then Peter gets told three times, this is okay. And this is going against the grain. This is not my entire life. I've never done this. He's got the willies. All right? Mm -hmm. Now, um, let's think about this very quickly. What does Peter have the willies about? Well, I mean, on one level, it may just be a visceral thing, but... I, a lot of, I guess, clue can be taken from the fact that he calls it common and unclean, and he's referencing his Jewish background and, and tradition and heritage where they don't eat the things that have been forbidden in the law of Moses. This is his heritage, his ego popping up, and and 
wanting to look down on certain things. Hey, uh, who's on their way to go find Peter? Uh, well, Gentiles, the the unclean, the common. Gentile servants and a soldier. All right, who would you tend to look down upon if you're going to default to your old Jewish ways? That exact group and category uh, of people. All right. So, so do you see how this is? This is some good timing on the Lord's part. Let's carry on. All righty. And I'll find it's my verse seventeen. Ah, excellent. Thank you. Now, while Peter was inwardly perplexed as to what the vision that he had seen might mean, behold, the men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for Simon's house, stood at the gate and called out to ask whether Simon was called Peter, who was called Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter was pondering the vision, the spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. And Peter, all right, all right. Oh, go ahead. This is one of the things I like. Um, God is wise. I mean, the spirit tells them when the, they show up, okay, go down, get up. He, he, the Holy Spirit explains right away to Peter, you're going to go with them. But the Holy Spirit does not suddenly say, dude, you can eat the food. He, he lets Peter stew on it a bit. Why? Because the reason why Peter is stewing is because his old sinful flesh doesn't like what it, he's been told. Mm-hmm. So no, the, the reason you're stewing is to let your old, your, your old sinful flesh's goose get cooked a bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the Holy Spirit again knows what he's doing. He's letting the thing work. Okay. Okay. You, you keep on thinking about that, but you got other stuff to do. So go on down and go, go talk to these people whom I have sent to you. Note again, it is the action of the Holy Spirit. So carry on. Okay. And Peter went down to the men and said, I am the one you were looking for. What is the reason for your coming? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man, who is well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by a holy angel to send for you, to come to his house, and to hear what uh, you have to say. So he invited them in to be his guests. All right. So, okay. Yeah, we, we totally get and see that this is set up by divine instigation. This is something that God clearly wants to have done, okay, to have occur. To to uh, to be accomplished. So, all right, come on in. We'll, we'll set you on up. Now, if they come into his house, there or actually Simon the Tanner's house, they're under hospitality. There's all the all right. We're going to do good, nice, and happy behavior. So, carry on. The next day, he rose and went away with them, and some of the brothers from Joppa accompanied him. And on the following day, they entered Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. When Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up, I too am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many persons gathered. And he said to them, You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without objection. I ask then why you sent for me. All right. So Paul, so so Peter gets the point, gets at least some of the point of the object lesson, the connection. Oh, okay. I I need to check my I need to check my I need to check myself before I wreck myself. <laughs> right? I mean, okay, what what are my hang-ups? No, I need to remember what God has said. All right. So yes, I'm able to enter the house of the Gentiles, even the centurion. Not just, not just, oh, oh, okay. But but I, I'm here. 
the spirit of God wants me here, clearly. Uh, don't worship me. That's not the point, guy. I, I, I'm just a fellow servant. I'm just a dude. It's okay. But let's get to the point. What what does God want going on here? Because we worship God, not me. All right, All right. Carry on. And Cornelius said, Four days ago, about this hour, I was praying in my house at the ninth hour. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms have been remembered before God. Send, therefore, to Joppa and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. So I sent for you at once, and you have been kind enough to come. Now, therefore, we are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. Okay, just think very quickly for a moment, wherever you are and wherever you're at. Think about how much more easy it is today to to get a preacher, to, to, to end up being where you can hear the word of God proclaimed. Uh, Thomas, uh, is it a four-day preparation for you to be able to go to church? I, I know your son might be a little unruly before you take him on in, but, <laughs> but is it a four-day preparation? No, it is not. No. My, my wife was gone this past weekend, so I got to get the kids ready before I went over to church and actually do stuff at church. It didn't take four days. Kind of. Well, I, I kind of worried about it for four days. I didn't need to, but but we got. <laughs> but look at all the things that Cornelius is having to go through in the time of the waiting. This is great what we have today. I mean, it's oh, just. Yeah. Ah. I mean, this is one where hopefully you are attached to a local congregation where you have a pastor of your own. Where where if you have a question, you don't have to say, "Well, I will send my servants on a two day trip to go find." No, you, you can call. You can send an email. You can send a Facebook. We live in a great day and age. This is this is fantastic. God has richly blessed the proclamation of the gospel, which is awesome. All right? All right. Well, let's carry on and hear what, what Peter has to say. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You judge yourselves now, uh, you you yourselves, wow, um, I don't know even know where that word judge came from. <clears throat> Tired. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee, after the baptism that John proclaimed. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to uh, testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. All right, pause there for a second. Well, wait a second. You have Peter at the end saying everyone who believes on him will receive forgiveness. But yet at the beginning, uh, that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, everyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Well, which is it? Is it is it is it forgiveness or is it or is it you do the right things and then there you're you're right before God? Which is it? How would you put it, Thomas? Well, I see the 
you know, anyone who fears him and does what is right being acceptable to him, directing Cornelius to Christ. He's, he's kind of setting up for, okay, so let me, let me give you an insight as to what is right and what every nation must do to be acceptable. Do, do, do you know what, what, what you, you, you do to, to be deemed righteous? Receive. <laughs> Receive. Listen here. <laughs> Do you know do you know how you rightly fear God? Not by falling down at your feet and worshiping me cuz I'm just a dude. Uh-huh. You fear God by hearing his word, by hearing Christ proclaimed, hearing the the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ proclaimed. That is the source of righteousness. What uh this comes up in John's gospel. What must we be doing to be doing the work of God? Uh, you believe in the one who sent him. In other words, it's not about what you do. It's what you receive, and that is reckoned to you as righteous. That 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 work is accounted. That's the work. <laughs> yeah, you, you <laughs> hear, you receive, and, and so we get this giant contrast between, hey hey, what uh, um um, Peter thinking growing up like a good Jew, uh, would he have considered making sure that he abstained from the common foods and the unclean foods? Would that be something that would a work that would make him righteous? I mean, as a Jew, that would have been the expectation, that, yeah. That that was kind of the false idea. No, no, no. The the thing that makes you righteous is Christ Jesus and what he has done. So how about we finish off the chapter quickly? Okay. And then we can start up at 11 next time. When Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed, because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people, who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to remain for some days. And do you see how this does cut across the hang-ups? Because they were used to having some of the guys who were of, uh, oh, they were Greek converts to Judaism and all that. And, but, but here you have the circumcised going, wait a second. The, these are, these are full-blown Gentiles. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're not even folks who were raised Gentile, but became Jewish. And, oh, good night. The Holy Spirit's fallen on them. And Peter says, any reason why we, any, why we would hinder them from being baptized? Oh, crud. No, there isn't. Oh, but, <laughs> but I want to look down on them it's like it's like i have to allow that longhorn fans get to be baptized oh i say that because i did actually attend for a while at church in trinity uh trinity in austin oh, oh. but no the distinctions we make the way we the way we want to show partiality the way we make our political decisions and divisions doesn't work doesn't matter it's not about your hot take and who you don't like this is what jesus has done and he's done it for all because the gospel goes forth boldly and the spirit takes the word of God and he works in faith when and where he wills, even in the people we might not like. So mm. hopefully you don't hate us and enjoyed the show, but eh, if you don't, eh, the word of God still goes forth and forgives sins. Have a great day, everyone.
not going to get a ham sandwich, a good Jewish sandwich, lamb. <laughs>